everybody. It's Allie. And welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, January 12th, 2020. I think that the next time we see Tessa Porter, she is going to be a big, big star. She is going to be even bigger than Tanner Watts. She is going to eclipse him in fame. <laughs> in fact, I predict that Tessa Porter is going to be receiving a Grammy Award in 2021. She might even be hosting the Grammy Awards in 2021. <laughs> Oh, saying goodbye to Tessa is very hard. Last week, I asked you guys if you felt that Mariah and Tessa's relationship would ultimately survive this Tanner Watts scandal. And in the vast majority, in an 80-20 split, believed that this is just the beginning of the end for Mariah and Tessa, that the relationship would not survive Tanner and her going off on tour and all of this. And honestly, on the surface, I think it does look like this is YNR's way of quietly sidelining the couple. But I don't think that this is the end of Mariah and Tessa. I think that we are going to be seeing Tessa just as much as we ever have, or at least as much as we've seen her in the past several months. I really think that this is just Y&R realizing that they needed to put a little bit more effort into explaining Tessa's absence from the show. She's not on contract. We're seeing Mariah all the time, but we're never seeing Tessa. And they never really bothered to talk about why that is. I feel that if Y&R were actually getting ready to get rid of Tessa altogether, then Y&R would have played the Tanner situation for way bigger drama and Y&R could have easily just broken them up permanently this past week. So I think we're going to be seeing more from these two. And I'm good with it. I really love that this story is getting us talking about Mariah and Tessa again. I was not bothered by her revelation that she was married to a rock star. I mean, come on, Tana, Tessa married Tanner. Tessa married Tanner in a discount wedding chapel in Reno. It couldn't be love. They didn't even pay full price. <laughs> Basically, they were both drunk. They got married on a whim. They stayed married for only three months. And then they just let it fizzle away as the relationship fizzled. So I can totally see why Tessa felt embarrassed 
why she didn't want to talk about it, why she chose to not confide in Mariah about it. I mean, does dating someone entitle them to knowing every single detail about your past? I don't think so. I think it's Tessa's decision what she wants to reveal about her past relationships. It wasn't a secret that had anything to do with Mariah. It never affected Mariah. So to me, it felt like less of a lie and more of a none your business kind of situation. But that's just me. <laughs> We're so accustomed to lies on soap operas that maybe this one just didn't meet the standard of big bombshell lies for me. But I thought it was great the way that Mariah went to Sharon to talk about this whole thing. And Sharon was real quick to judge and tell Mariah that a lie of omission is still a lie. Okay, okay, there were some things that maybe I didn't tell Nick during my relationship with him, but... <laughs> that was a nice little nod right there. The fact that Sharon said, okay, well, maybe there were some things that I, 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 I omitted when I was ta telling Nick about my past, but you know, this was, this was me, this was different. Because at the very beginning of Nick and Sharon's relationship, Sharon just so happened to omit the fact that she had a child that she'd given up for adoption. That child's name was Cassie. And so it turns out it was not just one child, but two. <laughs> Cassie and Mariah and I just thought oh that's a perfect tie-in for Mariah and Cassie's birthday week on YNR. Mm. Oh there are lies in every relationship on soaps. <laughs> that's what soaps are built on lies in relationships. I think Sharon and Nick are a perfect example of that and I surely loved Nick and Sharon sitting together this week flipping through that old photo album looking at themselves practically as babies their fresh young faces them as babies and them holding their first baby Cassie. Oh, it's so weird because at this point, I hardly even associate Cameron Grimes with the character of Cassie. I'm so accustomed to the fact that she's playing Mariah now that I barely even think about the fact that, oh yeah, she was Cassie too. That little girl in the picture is, it's, it's Cameron Grimes. It was Cassie. <laughs> I think that is such an honor though. Honestly, it is, it is, the ultimate soap opera honor to have them kill off your character and then bring you back as a twin. Mariah does eventually come to an understanding of Tessa's position. In fact, Mariah comes home right as Tanner is standing in their 
cute little vintage apartment with that dingy 1970s mustard yellow refrigerator that I want. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love 70s, 80s, mustard yellow, <laughs> slightly browned items. I don't know what it is, probably because that's sort of what I associate with my childhood. But if you look at Tessa's refrigerator, it is such a 70s, 80s vibe that you know that thing doesn't work. Someone picked that up as a prop <laughs> and said, this is going to look so cute in Tessa's apartment. And it does. I love it so much. I love that little apartment. I'm sad we're probably not going to be seeing all that much of it in the future because Tanner comes to the apartment trying to convince Tessa to take this opportunity to go with him on tour. This has nothing to do with their past relationship. He's not interested in her sexually in any way. He has a girlfriend. This is purely about him thinking that Tessa is a truly talented artist and he wants to pass along some of the spoils of his success onto another artist who deserves it. I love Tanner Watts. Can we get some more of him? I tell you, I think this guy, he had sort of a, a, a young Robert Redford quality about him. He was just really, really sexy. I wish he would stop by Genoa City a little more often. I think we could pair him with Summer, and that would be really hot. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so, though. I don't think he's sticking around. <laughs> he left town rather quickly for his tour. He he left um, Mariah and Tessa alone to make this decision. He tried to make his pitch, tried to do everything he could, and then he left the girls alone to make this decision on their own. Um, and, it, of course, Mariah is going to encourage... Tessa to go. Ultimately, Mariah's goal of managing Tessa's career was to get her career to a point where she would get an opportunity like this. It's just that it's happening so suddenly and with so much drama. <laughs> so much ex-drama. It was Tessa's decision, though. And for a minute, it looked like Tessa was going to decide not to take the opportunity, but she did come around. She came to the decision that her relationship with Mariah is strong enough to survive uh, being away on tour and being apart for a few months. So Tessa prepares to go. She prepares Mariah a pre-birthday dinner with a very meaningful gift Tessa gives Mariah the gift of a diary, but it's not just any diary. It's her diary. It's Tessa's diary, really bringing the story full circle. I mean, the, the, the trust and the intimacy was what was Mariah and Tessa's biggest hurdle, and Tessa herself was the hurdle to that. So in giving Mariah this gift, she was really, you know, passing that along and, and opening herself up. And I thought that was a really nice tie-in. I think these two crazy kids are going to be okay. <laughs> I really do. Um, if you think about it, there are other soap 
couples who are not together on screen all that often. I mean, Michael and Lauren are rarely on screen at the same time these days. Paul has an off-screen partner and Christine. So it's, it's a shame that they're not on daily since Mariah is on daily, but I, I think we're still going to be seeing Tessa. It, it, bu it bums me out a little bit that I worry that Mar Mariah is very painted into a corner. She is on at least one episode a week. I mean, she's constantly on the show, but her partner is not. So it does concern me a little bit that I, I Mariah is maybe getting, I don't know, a little too into the friendship zone with everyone. She doesn't really have a story of her own. I feel like seeing Mariah with her partner and seeing Mariah you know, just loving, that's what softens her up. Seeing someone who melts Mariah's little candy heart, that's what softens her and makes her more relatable. And I'm afraid that without Tessa, we're not going to get as much of that. But on the bright side, uh, Mariah will be fully free to provide her support to Sharon. And um, maybe that will also help m warm Mariah up whenever Sharon decides that she's ready to admit that she needs that kind of help and support. Oh, I've got to tell you guys, I am testing out a new microphone this week, and I am so worried about it. I just can't stop um, fussing with it and and, uh, and thinking, oh no, is the audio quality going to be awful? Because when I went back and listened to last week's YNR chat, I wasn't very happy with the audio quality. I thought I sounded a little muffled. So this week I'm trying out a new mic that's attached to my clothes. And so I'm, I'm worried my hair is going to hit it or my sweater is going to hit it or something. If the audio quality isn't good, I just want to put out there that I'm sorry and I will continue to tweak it. <laughs> so if you've made it this far into YNR chat and it's driving you nuts, just know that I already know. <laughs> By the time you're listening to it, I already know. I already hate myself and I'll be working to fix it next week. Moving on. Sharon schedules her follow-up tests this week. And I, I really think that YNR did a good job of presenting how cold and scary it can be. I mean, just, I've never had the procedures that Sharon is having done, but I know that just from being in, you know, women's clinics, OBGYNs, just lying on that table and just a, a robe and there's this cold equipment touching you and it's, it is, it's cold. And I feel that YNR represented that physically and emotionally um, very, very well. I can only imagine that when you are worried about something, though, as serious as breast cancer, that it's all of that, all of those feelings magnified. I'm sure that every second can feel like an hour. And so I appreciated the way that YNR slowed down the time in those scenes. They showed Sharon 
looking at the clock and just watching that second hand clicking by. And I'm sure it was mental anguish, mental torture on her. As it was for me, the, the doctor ultimately did find a mass in her breast and he ordered a biopsy. So they're going to go in, take a sample of the lump and determine from there if it's cancerous or if it's benign. Obviously, we're all rooting for it to be benign. We're all rooting for Sharon. And I'm sure that Sharon Case is rooting for Sharon. Uh, Sharon Case did a CBS Cares segment at the very end of Thursday's show. And she had a little bit of a tear in her eye. You could tell that this was something she felt a personal connection to. I don't know if she has someone in her life that's gone through this or if she was connecting to it on the level that her character was going through it. But she did the segment at the end of Thursday's show where anyone who wants more information on breast cancer can go to the website at cancer.org slash breast cancer. And I guess the, the, the hopeful news is that if the cancer is located only in the breast and if it has been detected early, then the survival rate is high she would have a, a really good chance at beating this. I did just have a family friend who successfully completed her chemotherapy treatments a few months ago, and she's doing great. And of course, you have to be vigilant about continuing to get checked, but she really is right back on top. It was a, a hard period when she was going through the treatments, but she's doing good and vacationing now and having all kinds of fun. But I can completely understand why if you're going through this firsthand you would be focusing on worst case scenarios you would be thinking what if i'm not here to see my children continue to grow up sharon as a young daughter i could see how she would w want to retreat into herself because i think that's probably what i would do too and i think the other thing that i would probably do would be to worry that I was going to be dragging my family into all of the fears that were going on in my head and I wouldn't want to do that to them. So to me, it makes sense that Sharon would not be confiding in Mariah right now. And it makes sense to me that she would not be confiding in Ray. I know it looks probably bad that Sharon's off scheduling all of her appointments in secret and she doesn't want anyone to know what she's going through and I I think that she's just not wanting to worry them. I can only imagine that she has this feeling of not wanting to be pitied or not wanting to be fussed over because you know that's she, you know and she knows that that's what would happen if she told them everyone would charge into rescue mode and they would be there for her and it would become so much bigger than it already is so I understand why she's keeping it tight right now I do hope though that if the biopsy results are not good. I hope that she tells her family immediately. Immediately. Because cancer is something that no one 
should ever have to go through alone. Adam and Chelsea tell Connor the good news about their reunion over donuts. <laughs> I was so happy for him. Donuts and this joyous news. But I think that it's a lot of emotions for a child to handle, especially when that child is also emotionally disrupted. I think it's interesting, though, that Adam and Chelsea are going through a similar emotional process as their son. There's almost this disbelief um, and also a desire to save one's self from pain if all of this goes horribly wrong. Chelsea told Adam that she admires his love for their son, but she also shares her fear about being the object of Adam's love. It can be very intense, yes, yes. As we have seen, Adam's love can be very intense, and she is concerned about that. And Adam also reveals that he's afraid. This was great. Adam says he's afraid of destroying his last chance with her. He knows this is his last shot. He knows how lucky he is to have this chance with her. And he doesn't want to do anything that's going to destroy that. So they agree to take it slow and give it time. And then they don't. <laughs> They do anything but take it slow and give it time. They are right back in in every single way. <laughs> I liked that Adam paid a visit to the ranch to negotiate his way back into the family for Connor's sake. You know, it was he says it was for Connor's sake. Well, we all know. Adam just doesn't want to miss out on any more of these Newman family parties. I mean, we had Christmas, we had New Year's, and Adam was not a part of those. We got Valentine's Day coming up now, and you know Adam is thinking about all of the heart cookies that he could be missing out if he is not part of that Newman family. Then you got St. Patrick's Day. That's a big one. We all know Victor loves green beer. <laughs> And don't even get me started on Easter because I know how much Adam Newman loves bunnies. <laughs> so he had to make sure to go on over there, get himself reinvited into these family parties. Um, you know what I don't love? I don't love every time that Adam calls Victor Pops. It drives me nuts. Why does he do that? None of the other Adams have called Victor Pops. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't work. It is a solely Mark Grossman thing. He started doing that when he took over the role, and it annoys me to no end. I think it's meant to annoy Victor, so I guess I should give him props for that. It's just that it has this effect of annoying me. <laughs> I love that dynamic, though, between Victor and his son. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. While Adam's at the ranch, Victor warns Adam 
about Chelsea. I don't know. I think that Chelsea and Adam are both very aware of who they're dealing with at this point. As a matter of fact, while Victor was warning Adam about Chelsea, Chloe was warning Chelsea about Adam at the exact same time. Chloe should have probably just been focused on sharing her good news of her baby that's on the way, but as soon as Chloe finds out that Chelsea is getting back together with Adam, she hit the roof. <laughs> she tried everything she could to convince Chelsea that this was a bad idea, and then she, when that didn't work, she runs off and tattles on Chelsea to Billy, expecting Billy to say something that will convince Chelsea to stay away from Adam. Oh, I just loved it when Chelsea stood there, took it looked at Billy and said, all right, fine. What is it that you want to tell me about Adam that I don't already know? Because that's the expected cycle of soaps, right? We're already predicting what will be the lie that will end up breaking Adam and Chelsea up this time. What will be the thing that realizes their worst fears about each other and about this new relationship going awry? I mean, when you are hot and heavy with a hottie, everyone is just waiting to find out for, they're waiting for you to find out what it is that that person did that you don't already know already. <laughs> I felt like Chelsea was very aware of that in that moment. There's always somebody lurking off in the corner ready to tell you some sort of secret that's going to rock your world, but let's not forget that Chelsea is a baddie too. It almost seems like the implication there was that um, that Adam's going to ruin Chelsea, but Chelsea, as Victor is saying, has every ability to ruin Adam, too. In fact, there's been a lot of chatter this week at the website about Chelsea. Is she good? Is she bad? Is she relatable? Is she not relatable? Is she better or worse than Adam? And I thought to myself, ooh, well, that would make a fun little quick poll. We've been talking about Chelsea quite a bit for the last several weeks and whether or not we're able to relate to her, connect with her, whether or not we agree with the decisions she's made about Nick, about Connor, about Adam. And I think we need to just get some hard numbers on this one. What is Chelsea's current approval rating? <laughs> That's what I'm looking for here. Are you feeling overall positive about Chelsea? Are you feeling overall negative about Chelsea? Lots of chatter, but I want to see the hard numbers on that one. So go to yrchat.com and cast your vote in favor or against Chelsea. I thought it was cute how Chloe couldn't help reminding Chelsea that Chloe went along with Chelsea's plan to trick Dylan into thinking that Connor was his son and not Adam's. And then Chloe said, oh, no, wait, that was my idea. <laughs> I do remember that. I mean, look, go ahead, stack Chelsea's dirty laundry against Adam's dirty laundry. 
I don't know if it's quite gonna beat him, but it's certainly gotta come close. But ultimately, I mean, I think they're adults. I think they're perfectly capable of making this decision. Elizabeth Hendrickson is so cute, though, as Chloe. I, I hope we see more of her, especially with the baby. I want to see her journey of having her baby. Gosh, and she is funny. That's the thing. Elizabeth Hendrickson has a really, really smart comedic delivery. Every time I see her, she reminds me more and more of the great Madeline Kahn. It's just a very similar style of delivery, and, um, and it just gets me. It's almost like a... It, it's when you, you play in ditzy, but... There's a, an intelligence behind it. It's not easy to accomplish, and I really think she's doing so well. I want more Chloe. And I tell you, I really liked Jason Thompson in those scenes, too. I'll, I will, in a few minutes' time, be complaining about Billy. But I tell you, I think Jason Thompson is doing a great, great job. Um, he, he's also very smart in his deliveries. Everyone was expecting... Billy to tell Chelsea that she needs to run in the opposite direction of Adam and not get involved with him again. But Billy told Chelsea, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Everyone needs to start living their truth. <laughs> That's what Billy wants to start doing. He also tells her, hey, sanity is overrated. So this is his way of saying, you go, you go get what you want. I wish that was what I could do right now. And I think Chelsea takes that advice. <laughs> Chelsea goes immediately home from that conversation with Chloe and with Billy. And what does she do? She is spontaneously combusts. <laughs> Chelsea suddenly and spontaneously remembered every single thing about her life together with Adam in the past. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she remembered how much they loved each other. And she remembered how much it hurt when he died. And she remembered how hard it was for her to move past all of that pain. And how she just couldn't allow herself to love him again when she found out that he was still alive for fear of being hurt again. Well, gee, sure would have been nice if we saw any indication of that <laughs> at any point previously. <laughs> Throughout the whole time that she was returning to town, married to Calvin, throughout any of the times she came back to town grieving Calvin, throughout any of the times she was hooked up with Nick, would have been nice to have had any sense that Chelsea was missing Adam or had any feelings whatsoever for Adam. Even in the time that she's living in the penthouse with him, trying to raise Connor. Would have been nice if we had any indication of her feelings for her ex. But I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't get that one bit. And don't take that as me being against Adam and Chelsea in any way. Uh, I, I I just, I don't like the way it was done. It annoys me that the writers just crammed all of that emotion into one single scene. 
Okay, I'll take the past out of it. Fine, they didn't do it before. But why this week did they decide to cram it into one single scene when they could have stretched that out over months? They could have got so much play out of that reunion and they just didn't do it. Instead, Chelsea literally in one single moment remembered everything about her life with Adam and then fell back in love with him on the spot. <laughs> I'm 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 voting positive Chelsea. I am giving Chelsea a positive approval rating at this point because she hasn't made me mad enough to to have a negative and I'm willing to make leaps into her I'm willing to make leaps with her into the future. I just blame the writers more than I blame the character. I guess that's what it is. They did they did the same thing with Adam. I mean both of these characters have been poorly developed and um I can only hope that they get where they want to go and they start to stretch from there in the places that need stretching. I think they're doing a better job with Adam. I mean, I guess I could say that Adam was standing there very happy to accept Chelsea's realization and subsequent profession of love for him. I mean, I'm happy that that Adam's happy. And Adam is happy that someone has finally given in to his relationship pressure. <laughs> I w I, he's hot, but I would not want to get involved with him with a 10-foot pole. But he's hot, so he's hot. And I'm going to go with that. I'm happy that somebody finally peeled his shirt off of his back. <laughs> That's my main focus, my main concern. I think it's about time somebody peeled that man's shirt off of his back and front. <laughs> he and Chelsea went upstairs and they made love nice and slow. That's all I can ask for. I mean, for crying out loud, Adam got a quickie from Sharon a couple months back, but that was the only time he got any kind of loving since he's been back in Genoa City. Nobody had slow sexed him yet. <laughs> That is now Chelsea's job, and I will thank you, YNR, for that. Oh, I sure hope this microphone is strong enough to withstand all of my bee bopping and moving, moving my head, my hair around, talking about these stories that I feel passionate about. Because how about this? We'll try this one on for size. New microphone. This week, Billy wonders to himself... If a man is not interested in a relationship with him, and he's not interested in a relationship with her, then why does he feel like he's crossing a line here? Well, maybe it's because he's sitting in a bar secretly bad-mouthing Victoria to another woman going on about how Victoria is just waiting for him to screw up again. She's always trying to fix him like he's broken, like he's not good enough for her. And he has spent years trying to fit into her mold. And it's just killing him. She's killing him now. Really? 
to remember that less than a year ago, Billy was begging to get back into Victoria's world. He was begging to get back into her cookie cutter world. And now he's painting this picture that he <laughs> is this oppressed husband spending years bending to her will. What planet is he living on? Victoria has done nothing but try to support him while pursuing her own career and while raising his family. And he is sitting there in a bar with another woman pretending to be the victim here? I am so mad at Billy, but I, I have to say I love this story. Because I love the stories that get me riled up. <laughs> and I love Jason Thompson. I think he's just doing so good. I mean, if he's making me mad at him, then he's doing his job really well because I'm really mad at him. <laughs> I mean, Victoria has to go out of town on a business trip this week. Ah, I should have seen it coming. A business trip, of course, of course. Victoria had to get out of the way in order for us to make some progress on what Billy is really up to here. And he pretends for about 60 seconds that he's going to sit down and do some internet searching for the meaning of life, but then he is right back to secretly texting with Amanda. But why does it have to be a secret, he asks himself. If they're just buds, then what's the problem? Okay, well, the problem is he wants to be with Amanda more than he wants to be with Victoria. We saw him this week texting Victoria to ask what's going on with her, doing some idle chat with her, and then he changes his mind and starts texting with Amanda instead is YNR painting us the portrait of how a cheater becomes a cheater? Is that what it is? Do they decide they want to show us the mentality of a cheater? Like the fact that it's not premeditated. The cheater doesn't always decide that he wants to go out and cheat. It's, it's not even something that happens all at once. It happens in degrees. Little by little you push that line until you realize that you feel like you've crossed it. Uh, I'm, so, I, I'm so mad at Billy, but I love this story so much. And I mean... Let's say Jason Thompson survives 2020 and they don't recast him with Billy Miller. I know I'll be able to move on because all characters do things that I don't like. They have to or the show's not interesting. You have to push your characters to their edge and sometimes they come out on top and sometimes they don't. For Billy, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to come out on top. I feel that Billy knows what he's doing subconsciously at this point. This is big-time cheater behavior. And it, also at this point, I think that Amanda should start to see some of these red flags. 
what was it, several months ago, she was going on and on with Nate about how you gotta be good at identifying those red flags. Well, here's a big old red flag for you, Amanda. The way that Billy was swerving around Sharon's simple question of how they know each other. Like, he was being weird. And she should be asking herself, why? Why is he being so weird? Why does this practically married man not feel like he can be honest about why we're having coffee together. Ding, 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 ding. Flag, 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 flag. <laughs> In the way, Billy has gotten needy on her and kind of clingy on her and sort of obsessing about their relationship, asking her questions about why they would be friends. Like, almost fishing for her to say, I like you. <laughs> I want to be more than friends with you. Uh, it was weird. If her intentions are pure, maybe she should be picking up on the fact that this isn't right. Asking her why they would be friends when they're so opposite. Well... Opposites attract. <laughs> Especially with Amanda's brand new Hillary hair. Yes! Ladies and gentlemen, we are arriving. We are inching ever so closer <laughs> to Amanda getting Hillary's style back. <laughs> now we got to get her out of the black clothing. She just wears all black clothing all the time. We gotta get some pops of color on this woman. But I'm happy that we're headed in the right direction. No more straight bangs. It is all sleek, slender, sexy, straight hair for Amanda. Hallelujah. Amen. Surprise, surprise. Devon hires Chance to investigate Amanda. Just like we said he would. Three weeks ago. Why did it even take so long for Devon to make that connection with Chance and investigating Amanda? Why did the writers leave stories on the floor for so long to die like this? They just leave their stories on the floor to die. I don't get it. Amanda pretty much told us that she was Hillary's long-lost twin sister a month ago. And we all know that that's what Chance's investigation is going to lead to. It's going to look like he's following trails that connect Amanda to Colin. But two, three, four months down the line, he's going to end up connecting her to Hillary. That's the only mystery that there really is to uncover here. Amanda wasn't helping Colin. And she already told us more this week about her bad romance with Ripley Turner, who we will probably never see or hear about again now. <laughs> I just have a feeling that that relationship drama was just meant to establish that she is not looking now to have any more relationship drama, especially when it comes to Billy. So let's get on with the twin twist.
And while we're at it, let's get on with whatever happened between Chance and Adam. Chance is investigating Amanda, while Phyllis is investigating Chance. Phyllis even called in a phone call favor this week. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for weeks and months. Waiting. I need to call in a phone call favor at Y&R this week. <laughs> yeah, you owe me a favor. You know that 11 years of Y&R chatting that I've been doing? I'm calling in a favor. Could you get on with it? <laughs> I like Phyllis and Amanda's friendship, though. I gotta give them that. I had to laugh at Phyllis giving Amanda the lowdown this week on all of the Genoa City family royalty and specifically all the Genoa City men. <laughs> Phyllis might as well have said, yeah, I know the Newmans and the Abbots. I've slept with them all. <laughs> and someday, if you're really, really good and you work really, really hard, maybe you can sleep with them all too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the highest rank that any woman in town can achieve. <laughs> Having slept with everyone. <laughs> oh yeah, I know the Newmans and the Abbots. I even have a, a Newman daughter. Yeah, I mean, it was like a point of pride for her. <laughs> Nick, check. Jack, check. Billy, check. Yeah, I've actually checked them all a couple times, as a matter of fact. <laughs> oh. Amanda's eyes lit up when Phyllis started talking about Billy. But I don't know. Amanda's future is with Devon, and we all know it. The moment that Devon realizes that Amanda is a Hillary twin, he is going to see her as family, and he is going to embrace her as family, and then they are going to start their relationship in one way or the other. Elena might as well pack her bags. Actually, no, that is not true at all. We are going to be inside of the Amanda, Devon, Elena triangle for years. Years. <laughs> As it should be. It's fine. It's fine with me. I just want to, like, you know, start getting there. I'm enjoying some of the pit stops, though. I mean, I as I said, I liked Phyllis's relationship with Amanda. I'm still enjoying uh, Devon and Nick's regular meetings of the Nice Guy Club. I think that's fun. I liked hearing Nick talking to Devon about little Christian. And that really reinforced to me that I think it's a very strong, strong, strong bet for a 2020 prediction that Devon will become a father this year. He is going to be such a great father. We might as well get along on that story, too. I mean, uh, 
Devon is such a sweetie. He is so loving and so caring, and he put so much effort into this New Hope project, and he was jumping all over Elena's idea to open a medical clinic inside of the New Hope development, and he's just so thoughtful. He was giving Mariah a birthday gift, and he stopped by to say goodbye to Tessa and give her some encouragement. I just think that Devon would be such a great dad. Just like his dad, Neil. It was Kyle's birthday this week, and Lola arranged for him to have a, a dance. And a, a, the dance that she almost gave to Theo last week, but this the dance was for Kyle this week. She arranged for him to have a very special birthday dinner, and she made him the original sandwich that he ordered from her food truck all that time ago. So cute. They are just the most adorable couple. So much sparks flying between them. I had to perk my ears up a little bit though when Kyle was making Lola those drinks he was making her a really pretty looking red drink um that he said he learned how to make during his NYC days when he was doing some bartending in the Hamptons I think he said so it seems to me that New York has come up two weeks in a row now out of the blue, we dropped everything having to do with New York for a really long time, and now it almost seems like we're back to that. Is it a sign? Got me. I thought it was a lovely birthday gift from Lola to Kyle. Jack and Summer also threw Kyle an impromptu work birthday bash, which Lola attended with a cute little cake. And oh my goodness, Summer gifted Kyle a framed old photo of them together as children. And it was the original child actors who played them. I mean, probably not the, definitely not the first child actors, but I remember both of those children when they were on, on the show playing those two parts. I actually really liked, uh, uncharacteristically liked, the child actor who played Kyle. I thought he was just really great. He looked like Jackson. Uh, yeah, and, and the, the little girl who played Summer at the time. I mean, was the actual child actors from all those years ago. Was that adorable or what? Big ups, YNR, for whoever went and dug back into the archives for that photo. I am impressed. <laughs> I was also impressed with how cool Lola played it when Summer gave that gift to Kyle. I mean, it's kind of a weird gift for the your ex-wife to give you in front of your current wife but yeah I don't know Lola her I have to give her credit Lola's maturity about the whole thing is very un soap opera like we would expect to see Lola get a little jealous 
over it, right? That's what should happen in soaps, and she wasn't. I think Lola has developed into someone who is so sophisticated now and so secure. It's worlds away from where she was last year, and it's, I'm just, I'm really impressed with her too. And she was really quick, by the way, to remind Kyle that if she can have that kind of attitude about his relationship with Summer, then Kyle should be that way too when it comes to Theo. Theo is actively trying to agitate Kyle though. Theo walks in on that work B-Day bash and starts doing his Theo thing. Theo is so funny and passive aggressive toward Kyle and the funnier thing is that Jack just eats it up with a spoon. Jack doesn't detect that this is Theo being passive-aggressive toward Kyle. Only Kyle and we know that. It's only Kyle and us that can pick up on what's really going on there with Theo. Jack just doesn't see it. Jack thinks that Theo is just being charming and Jack it feels guilty for not thinking to include Theo, as a member of the family, in that little work party for Kyle. <laughs> so, Jack whips out his phone calendar and tries to overcompensate, and he asks Theo what his birthday is so that he can remember to celebrate it next year. And how about that? Can you believe it? Theo has a 420 birthday. Hmm. What stoner at YNR came up with that one? <laughs> That's what I would like to know. I'll tell you, I think it was Josh Griffith himself. I see you, Josh Griffith. And now I know why your storylines are so slow. I squeezed it myself. <laughs> that was last week's Who Said It quote. And of course, the answer was Chelsea. <laughs> she said that to Nick about his birthday juice. She brought in the muffins and the juice. She went and store-bought the muffins, but she squeezed that juice herself. <laughs> and a lot of you guys guessed that right. So congratulations, Nancy, Keisha, Henry, Anna, Heather, Jamie, Marianne V, Ambreen, Gretel22, Ellen, Colleen, Sheila, Michelle, Lori, Martha, Diana, and Deb. Congratulations, you guys. But I don't know if you're going to get this one. I love this line. This is a phrase I haven't heard in a while, but I love it. Who said this? Whoa! Slow your horses. <laughs> Slow your horses. Oh, man. Who said that? If you think you know, you should giddy up on over to whyartchat.com to leave your guess. And if you get it right, 
then I will give you your handful of oats on next week's YNR chat. How about we find out what you guys are saying this week? I love this comment from Anna who says, Am I the only one who feels like it was not all that bold for Theo to ask Lola to dance? I mean, it was a party. If I'm remembering correctly, it wasn't even a very slow dance. Could Kyle and Lola's marriage be built on such shaky ground that she cannot dance with whoever she chooses? <laughs> Gosh, this is a good point, Anna. Yeah, I I don't disagree in any way. I I thought um I I thought well the thing is it's a known rival. Theo, there's a rivalry there, and that's I guess why I thought it was weird. But you go on to say it's been a while since anyone has asked me or my husband to dance at a party, or even longer since they cut in. But there have been two times that I can remember where a woman that I did not like, and even worse, suspected she wanted to be more than friends with my husband, asked him to dance. And even though I had to keep my jealousy in check, I knew my husband's heart. Plus, I would never give the woman the satisfaction of losing my cool. <laughs> That is a priceless, wonderful gem, Anna. I love it. And I'm imagining it all happening right now. I'm imagining you just mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> not losing the cool, but make a note. But I but it's a good point that you trusted your husband. That is the key, isn't it? It's so easy, I think, for for, you know, I don't know if it's just women or not, but you know, women get catty on other women. And the truth is. The whole thing is, is, it's the crux of it is the man and whether or not the man is open to the advances. And if your man is satisfied and your man is happy, then you don't need to worry about other women wanting to dance with him. I suppose in a way you should consider it a compliment, right? <laughs> I guess the thing is just that, you know, from a, from a, an omniscient perspective, we know that Theo is shady. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, Lola is very smart, and she is very sophisticated, and Lola probably could have handled it. I still stand by my thought from last week that I just wish I would have known what Lola would have said. I wish that Summer would not have interrupted that moment. Oh, that is a great comment, Anna. Thank you for sharing that story. Sandra, talking about Connor here, saying that Connor crying at the table really got me. Mostly, I think of Connor as manipulating and whiny, still adorable in his own way, but to see his little face get all screwed up with a sob and to know that it was brought on by sheer joy, thinking his family is reunited, it amazed me. I've never witnessed that before, and I have kids, and I've been around kids my whole life. <laughs> That was a really nice moment. And I think that the little actor did a great job because his face, he just, he did look like he was just really going through it. It was all the emotions at once. Kamna says, I also loved how Adam simply could not process the tears and Chelsea had to translate it to him. <laughs> 
it was quite a natural and genuine response from Adam. <laughs> no kidding. Adam know not cry. He knows not what these tears mean. <laughs> Robo Adam didn't get it, so Chelsea had to translate. Very cute moment for Adam and Chelsea and their family, but Zooperplex is ready to jump on Chelsea saying, well... Chelsea, suffering from the lovesick blues, didn't last long. Perhaps a week at most? She certainly squashed Allie's hope that her transformation into Adam's current love interest would be a gradual process. <laughs> yes, I think we know how you are going to vote in our poll this week, Superplex, and I am so glad that you are safe. I was thinking about Superplex. Um, for the whole first part of the week uh, because of the earthquake in Puerto Rico and Zuperplex is in Puerto Rico. It sounds like the last time I checked in uh, that Zuperplex is completely okay. There was some disruption, but I mean, the island is going to be devastated. I'm sure that's still going to be really disruptive to you overall if you have to get around to other places of the island. But I'm just, I was solely focused on is, is Zuperplex alive and well, because I know that everything else will come come with time, the restoration, but I am so sorry that that has happened, and I am so relieved that you're okay. Astra says, I loved when Victor broke down Chelsea's situation to Adam and said, does she not like to pay rent? <laughs> I was cracking up, Astra says. I missed this. I hate myself. I don't remember Victor saying this about Chelsea not liking to pay rent. That's a great joke. Where was my head? Oh, maybe it was in Puerto Rico. I'm not sure. I don't know why I missed that, but I did hear Nikki uh, asking Nick, now that, now that he's broke up with Chelsea, to please don't get involved with Sharon again. That makes me worried that Nick and Sharon are going to get back involved. Oh, I shouldn't say worried, but it, it gives me a clue that Nick and Sharon are going to get back together again. I mean, we had Sharon last week saying, just wait till your mom catches wind of this. And then this week we catch his, mo his mom catching wind of this and having an opinion on it. It seems like the stars are aligning there for Nick and Sharon, potentially. On the topic of Chelsea... Gary says, I don't care if Chelsea didn't pledge her unending devotion to that old man that's name started with a C and went running back to Nick. I don't care if she's flip-flopped. I don't care if she's a con artist. The Chelsea that we got today making Adam promise that he would never leave her because she couldn't go through it again. And she's been in denial because of that pain. It rings completely true to me. This is who the heart of Chelsea is. She's a loyal woman. She's just been thrown to the wind in so many ways. And she's trying to do the best she can do. This is the heart of Chelsea's character. She's a good person at her base. Good luck, Chelsea, with Adam, Gary says. And was there ever a character more elegant than Adam. It's annoying. <laughs> I don't hate Chelsea over any of this. I, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, if 
maybe the thing is that Chelsea's still riding on a little bit of goodwill from the past with me. Maybe that's it. Because I don't think that Lionheart did a very good job of explaining and reforming her character after she left Nick stranded and ran off with the kid and then you came back out of nowhere. Like, I, I don't feel like YNR did a good job since Chelsea's been back of making her very relatable. And maybe the reason that I'm not mad at her is just because I remember old Chelsea. And that's not very fair because I said last week that I'm not wanting new, this current version of Chelsea and Adam to be affected by my old feelings of Chelsea and Adam. It has to stand on its own, especially since there's this recast. So I, I mean, maybe YNR needs to let Chelsea stand on her own and work on some reformation of her character. Because, I mean, I, I, agree, I agree with you in spirit, Gary. I like Chelsea. I want to like Chelsea. <sighs> but maybe I need to pull myself back a little bit. I don't know. I'm really excited to see what Chelsea's approval rating will be. Because, I mean, who knows? Maybe the majority of chatters are not liking her. Or maybe they are. Well, on that note, Colleen says, Allie, you asked on the podcast which version of Adam and Chelsea I like best. And I have to say, there's things I like about all three of the Adam actors, but mostly I just like the characters together. Both Adam and Chelsea have histories of trickery, but within their relationship with each other, they've always had each other's back. Remember Michael Mooney helping Chelsea study for her high school diploma? And the cornea transplant after Delia's death. And then there was the miscarriage and Justin Hartley making plans to start their new life in Paris. Mark Grossman is internally dark, totally intense, and stunningly handsome. All qualities embodied by the character of Adam. I think he'll be great... And Melissa Claire Egan is the constant, always wonderful delivery, always beautiful, no matter who plays Adam. Isn't that a lovely comment from Colleen? Oh my goodness, I, I really like both of those pro-Chelsea comments from Gary and from Colleen. But uh, wow, specifically, I love your blast from the past. That, um, that it's not as much about the actor who's playing Adam. That it's the story of Adam and Chelsea. And I also think that the fact that, as you say, Chelsea was a con artist, it... it it lends to her likability in a way because it's nice to know that there are characters who have this um, dark past or a darkness in them and that part of their personal journey is always balancing around that. It doesn't bother me, as Gary said, that she is a con artist or was a con artist. In a way, that sort of adds to her charm. I really think that a lot of the discontent is just about how darn fast this has all happened. Weinar's just chucking couples into spots and um, maybe not taking as much time to develop them. But you gotta admit, Colleen, um, most of the memories and the feels that you're having about current Adam and Chelsea probably have to be influenced by the past iterations of them. I suppose if there are viewers out there who never saw Adam and Chelsea together before, maybe they wouldn't be. Maybe they would be thinking this is kind of quick and kind of yucky the way she just hopped from Nick to Adam. Hmm, it's hard. I mean, you can't put aside your past 
feelings of the character. It's, it would be impossible. But um, I love your breakdown, though, of all of the atoms. Oh, yes. And Melissa Claire Egan, that's part of it, too. I think she's just so visually stunning. She cries every episode. <laughs> we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Every single episode is a new set of tears for this woman. I kind of feel bad for her in a way, thinking about it. The actress has to do a lot of crying, but she's so beautiful at it. <laughs> oh, let's talk about Sharon a little bit here. Keisha says, it's been a while since we've had an emotional cancer storyline. I think the last time it was with Lily, I believe Crystal Khalil won an Emmy for that storyline. So when I heard that they were going that way with Sharon, I was thrilled. This kind of storyline is gold for any actor. As long as it's written properly, then this will have Sharon front and center for all of 2020. I love the idea, Keisha, of having Sharon front and center for all of 2020. And I forgot though about Lily's cancer and that doesn't even seem like it was all that long ago. I looked it up. It was 2009 Lily got ovarian cancer. She was in remission by 2010. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, that's 10 years ago. <laughs> it really almost doesn't feel like it's that long ago, but 10 years ago, 20, 2009, 2010. But yes, um, Lily's cancer story uh, was, is probably the more recent, and, and I think then Michael's prostate cancer would, maybe would have been even after that. It is a very emotional story to embark upon, and it does give the actor who's playing it a lot of material to play into and I'm sure that the actor who's playing it also looks at it from a perspective of raising awareness you know I'm sure that it's it's something that you can't help but personally connect into in one way or another and I'm sure that the actors feel that they are also just trying to to give some hope and some information to the viewers via a storyline like this whether or not they are rewarded and awarded for it. On a note about Lily, Ambreen says, Soapbox News, Lily is back for a brief stint. Now only if Kane was back too. Hmm. Well, I had to look this up to confirm it. And Ambreen, you are correct. Crystal Khalil is coming back. I think they said it was the Tuesday show. I think it's a couple days from now. I um I should have looked up the date, but I want to say it's Tuesday that she's going to be back next week. I mean, maybe she will be bringing us an update on Kane because I definitely didn't hear any news of Kane coming back. I think I would have heard that by now. Oh, T. Nicole says, Hillary is back. Amanda changed her hairstyle, got rid of those bangs, and has transformed right back into Hillary. <laughs> when Devon sees Amanda's new hairstyle, he won't know what hit him. <laughs> Sandra also says, the wig is off, the hair color's darker, just wait until Amanda lets those curls fly. Devon will be floored. <laughs> I can't wait for those curls to fly. The only thing we are missing when it comes 
to Amanda's new style is the color. We need the pop of color. We need the curls and the color. Well, I have a whole lot of fashion notes for you this week because Tony wanted to weigh in about Tessa saying they're, they're dressed, they're dressed, oh no, not Tessa, Mariah. They're dressing Mariah like a 60-year-old wealthy woman at a cocktail party. Cameron is so attractive, her wardrobe should complement, not distract. I did not notice the the Mariah looking like a 60-year-old wealthy woman part. <laughs> I really like it when they had Mariah in the fall colors, little corduroy jacket. I really like her when they have her in warm tones. She is so beautiful. Her lipstick is always so striking. They have struggled to style Mariah in the past, though. Even though I haven't noticed it recently, I have noticed it in the past. She has needed some wardrobe help, that is for sure. But I will have to keep my eye on her 60-year-old wealthy woman cocktail party attire for next week. And also, even though I did not notice Mariah's cocktail attire, I certainly did notice, as did Gary, Mariah's summer PJs. <laughs> Gary says, there's nothing in this world like summer pajamas. I know, because I had them in year one. <laughs> Gary wonders if they made those pajamas in a bigger size, they might suit him just as well. <laughs> oh, Mariah's little shorty pajamas. How could you not notice that? It seemed like Tess's pajamas were a little more elegant. She had on a nice kind of, it looked like a, a velour, a, some kind of nice looking velvet, plush looking robe. And Mariah had on her little button up shirt and shorty pajamas. They were very, very cute on her. I will give a, a big old ribbon and a big old thumbs up. To Mariah in her little shorty pajamas. Although I don't know, Gary, I would not want to wear those. Maybe, maybe it's the uh, the warmer climate kind of thing. It just I don't know that that doesn't seem like it would be very warm. No, I, honestly, that's not what the problem would be for me. I don't want shorts. I don't want. I don't. Want, I don't even want pants in in nightwear. I like a nightgown. I only sleep in a nylon nightgown. <laughs> now you know. Um, I, I just, I can't have, I can't have pants on in bed. There is a no pants in bed rule for this girl. I need to have freedom to move around, kick my legs around. Uh, shorts or pants are going to get all bunched up on you when you're trying to sleep at night. <laughs> I need a gown. <laughs> pants are fine for lounging. I have comfy pants. I have a variety of comfortable pants that I wear outside of the bed. But in the bed, it is pantsless. It's a pantsless zone. <laughs> oh, so many style notes this week, though. Leslie has a couple. First, Leslie says, okay, this is a moot point from last week, but Tessa's new hairstyle makes a world of difference for me. She looks gorgeous. I now realize that the only reason I've hated her is because I don't like the goth punk look. <laughs> She is so beautiful. And, you know, she is a, a, another beautiful crier. Right up there in the ranks with Chelsea. Tessa is a beautiful crier. At the very end of Friday's show, when her, her mascara, her makeup was just black running down her, her face, she just looked so gorgeous. They had to know they were doing that on purpose. They made 
pink waterproof mascara and eyeliner. I don't know why. It, it almost seems like it had to be an effect, the fact that the blackness was all running down her face. But I thought she looked gorgeous. I really like Tessa's styling. I'm looking forward to her coming back and giving us a little bit more of that funky, edgy style. But yeah, I think they did pull her back on the goth punk look. Another fashion note from Leslie, who says, If I had to say something good about a character that I don't like, it will be Nick. I like that he is not lean. Billy and Adam are both super handsome, but for me, in real life, too leanish. I have to imagine, even more so in real life, I like that Nick has a body, Leslie says. <laughs> Well, I quite like that Nick has a body, too. He has body, oddy, 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 oddy. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> I don't know if I mind. The only, I mean, body type, I don't, I don't know. Doesn't bother me too much. I guess I like a little bit more meat, only so that I don't feel intimidated. I don't think I could date a guy who is really fit, because then I would feel intimidated by it. <laughs> I mean, Nick is fit, but he is thick. Yes, yes, yes. That's what you're saying. It's that he, um, yeah, he's beefy. <laughs> Nick's a little bit of a beefy boy. <laughs> and that is indeed attractive. So the, the slender is very nice, too. I just think I, I couldn't handle it emotionally. I don't think I could keep up with needing to feel slim to match my slim mate. <laughs> it's too much pressure. <laughs> Diana says, did anyone notice Phyllis's right hand when she was talking to Nick at Society? It was covered in orange makeup. That It was used to make her skin look darker and tanned to match her face. You could see it all over her hand when she placed it on her face. It was very noticeable. And you could see the white on her hands and the wrists where it didn't blend. I've never seen anything like that on the show. The characters always look so flawless. Diana, thank you! Because I don't think I would have mentioned this without you. Because I would have assumed that it was just me noticing this. But yeah, Phyllis's hand was orange on top and white on the palms, white on the wrists. It was weird. I didn't think that it was them trying to match makeup to her face. I thought it was a spray tan accident or something. I don't know anything about spray tan. I've never done it. But in my head, <laughs> she did some, something went awry with her spray tan and the color was all off. But it was orange. And she was using her hands a lot in the scene too, as Michelle Stafford usually does. But she was bringing her hand up to her face and you could just see the line of orange on top and then white on the palm and, uh, and in between her fingers. Ew, it was weird. <laughs> orange Phyllis. Thank you for mentioning that. Hey, oh, also, another thing that I wasn't going to mention, but Jamie brings up Hey, who else knew that Restless Style was responsible for breaking Carrie Perry, Katy Perry, onto the pop scene? I was not going to mention this because I just assumed that it was something that Phyllis made up. But I, I went and looked it up because you mentioned it, Jamie. Apparently, I don't remember this, but in 2008, Katy Perry was on YNR 
and she was she did some scenes at Restless Style where she was posing for a photo shoot as a cover girl for an upcoming issue of the magazine. I don't remember that in the least. <laughs> I thought that was just something that that they were pulling out of nowhere, acting like Nick and Phyllis were responsible for Katy Perry being su a superstar. But apparently she was on the show. I don't remember it. Maybe I do. I'm not sure. But that's a great pullback. I mean, what, the YNR's doing some things right. I like that they're, they're digging in and bringing us back these references. Of course, they're probably references from when Josh Griffith was on the show writing for it the first time. That seems to be where his wheelhouse really is, about 10 years ago. <laughs> yep, about 10 years. <laughs> oh, well... Let's speak about this last year. Zuperplex, uh, responding to my question from last week about those best and worst stories of 2019, saying uh, that he thinks the best story of 2019 was the tribute to Neil and Christophe St. John. Zuperplex says, I felt that the actors were expressing real emotions, not just scripted ones. The worst story was the blooming love affair between Tracy and Kane that went nowhere. The writers embarked on a journey that, upon reflection, they realized they had no idea where to take it. And the reason why was because it dawned on them, only belatedly, that there was something intrinsically out of character for a hunk like Kane to remain bonded to a dowdy character like Tracy. Oh, you know, it's funny. Um, Lynn, 4283, also said that the best story of 2019 was Neil's memorial episode. Funny, I just, do, I guess I don't think about that all that much as a story. I mean, they didn't imagine it out of nowhere. They sort of reacted to it. And I think they did a great job with it. Don't get me wrong. But I definitely wouldn't put that in my top stories of 2019. And I don't think I'd put... I would put Tracy and Kane in my most disappointing stories. <laughs> I don't think it's the worst. Uh, but I, I appreciate your opinion. Lynn 4283's worst story of 2019 was revisiting Katherine Chancellor's Will storyline. Now that one might be up there for me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, there was lots of positive response about me putting together a 2019 recap affair, even if I put it together late. Um, I was so happy to hear that so many people are interested in that. I should be clear though, just so that I'm not, just so I'm not being vague and pumping something up that I'm not delivering. If I do do it, it would be a fundraiser podcast, uh, just like it was last week for, uh, you know, taking care of the website and just, uh, putting some funds back into YNR chat. Uh, I would prefer to do something like that as opposed to all of these podcasts and people who are doing Patreon and all that stuff. No, thank you. I'm not interested in um, in anything like that. I'm not in any way trying to make money off of YNR chat, but I did think that maybe doing bonus 
material like that might be helpful to me for uh, paying for the band, you know, the website bandwidth and, uh, you know, all of the stuff that financially goes into YNR chat. Uh, but uh, but if I, do, if I don't do it, it's certainly not going to make or break me. Uh, I have to tell you, I made absolutely no progress on the 2019 recap this week. <laughs> I started out with good intentions, and then I didn't feel very good midweek. Uh, I went to the dentist, and I swear, I think somebody at the dentist got me sick, because I just didn't feel right after that, and I needed a couple of extra naps this week, so that's where my time went. <laughs> But honestly, about the uh, the recap, I should probably table the discussions about it until when and if I actually get it together. Okay, everybody. That takes me about to the part where I end the YNR chat for the week, and then I go and listen to this audio and hopefully feel really good about the sound quality. <laughs> That's what I'm really hoping for. I'm hoping that this YNR chat sounded good, but I am prepared for the fact that there will be tweaks to come, so thank you for bearing with me. I would love for you to go to the website and let me know what you're thinking about this week's show. Don't feel the need to tell me if the audio quality is bad. It will only make me feel bad. <laughs> if the audio quality is not good, I already know. <laughs> so if you come and tell me that it's bad, then I will, it'll, it'll pile on to my already criticalness of myself. <laughs> And then I'll just have a, it'll be a whole thing for the whole week. I'll be worried about it all week. <laughs> so go to yrchat.com and leave me your comments about the show. <laughs> That's what I want to hear for the week. Vote in the polls. Let me know who you think said it. All of that good stuff that's there. Sign up for the newsletter. Get those comments in. Oh, I almost forgot to say, I noticed that a few of you this week in the comments have hit influencer status. If you are a member of YRChat.com and you have a certain number of thumbs ups on your comments, you are achieving status within the little community. The first one is called influencer, which I thought was pretty clever. If you have a certain number of thumbs up on your comments, you are considered an influencer. And I have put into place, I think it's four other rankings that you will achieve as you continue to make good comments. And I'm not going to reveal what they are. I'll let them be secret. If you look in the comments and look at your little avatar, your little picture of yourself, uh, there'll be a little yellow star. That, that it, This changes based on what your status is. But there's a little yellow star, and it says influencer. <laughs> so whether you like it or not, some of you have become influencers. And I thought that might delight and enrage you. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> So there's some encouragement. Go to the website, make some wonderful comments, thumbs up the comments that you like so you can help be, help everybody achieve their their statuses through the ranks of YNR chat. <laughs> 
Okay, everybody, I hope that you enjoyed this week's YNR chat and that you come back again next Sunday. I will be here. Will you? <laughs> I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Bye.